Welcome to Library Media Chatter, the podcast that celebrates spring training and March madness with book displays featuring flowers and crazy people. <laughs> Greg, I've got sports on the brain this time of year, so I have to ask, what's your favorite sports book that isn't really a sports book? Oh, man. Uh, that is a really good question. I was not prepared for this. We're going to have to edit it out. Here. Yeah, we're going to have to edit out a good chunk of this. Um, a sports book that's not really a sports book. You want me to give you my answer so you can Yeah, give us your answers and tell me. So I'll tell you my my runner-up was the book A Short History of the Girl Next Door that was a gateway a couple of years ago. Okay. Where, like, it kind of hooks you because basketball is a part of it and they're involved in that a little bit, but it's not really a basketball book. Yeah. Um, I liked that one. But my favorite, and it's actually, I think, still my favorite gateway of all time, uh, is Boy 21. That was on my list as I was making it. So you picked a good one because that was in my head. Yeah. That one, I think we have that in my libraries as sports fiction. Yeah. Um, And it's such a not sports book. Like, basketball's in it. But, man, there is so much more going on in that book than look at these kids going for the championship or whatever. Right. Oh so, yeah. That's my winner for these sports. Not really sports. And you like that author in particular, right? Like do. You know, Matthew you, Quinn yeah. is excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I remember you telling it's, me it's always some kind of trauma, which mm-hmm. is not really my thing in fiction. Mm-hmm. I don't look for that, mm-hmm. uh, but he just handles things in a way that I find really interesting. Yeah. I guess, I mean, thinking about the gateways is a little easier for me. So I don't know if this is my favorite of all time, but I did like uh, after the shot drops. Like I thought that was a good, yeah. Uh, the Randy Rabai. Yeah. Yeah. And that was I thought, a good one. yeah, that was a good, it, I like him as an author. You know, I like Patron Sense of Nothing. And I think that's a good book with sports that we did genre in sports that's yes. not really a sports book. Yeah. Yep, you kind of you trick the kid into reading it, right? <laughs> this is a the only, it's the only way to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Trojan Horse, a good book by yeah. uh, calling it a sports book, and somebody goes, yeah. "Hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, There's other I'm things happening something. here." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, all right, so we're already on the topic of books, so let's just get right into it. Greg, what are you reading? Well, I'm reading the fun. Uh, title Everyone in My Family Has Killed Someone by Benjamin Stevenson. And it is this really quirky Australian homage to Golden Age Mysteries. And so it kind of verges on a cozy. I think it'd be a really good addition to your mystery collection at the high school level. It's not a YA book, but it is an accessible and doesn't have objectionable content and it's very meta literary so if you have teachers who work on meta literary devices you don't i already know it's high school <laughs> but it's possible somewhere someone does sure sure <laughs> i expose my own biases there but it's great it's it's really fun and quirky and um yeah. What about you? What are you well, reading? I, I I can't top everyone in my family has killed someone. Oh, it's great. Uh, it's, yeah. What a title. Um, yeah. I do have a question. Is You said it's in Australia. Is there a lot of walking in the outback? I know that's Actually, a thing that you're into. You know, that's a great question. So far, minimal walking, but okay. lots of cars, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're branching um, out. You're finding new yeah. modes of transportation. Yeah, beyond the I, not, I 
uh, people in other countries also possess vehicles, and I yeah. may have yeah. leaned into that fact. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. What about I, you? Yeah, yeah. What are you reading? I'm reading a book called Pop Science, Serious Answers to Deep Questions Posed in Songs. Oh, that by, sounds great. Yeah, by James Ball. It was exactly what it sounds like in the title. It is pretending like songs are seriously studying issues yeah. scientifically. And then it kind of continues breaking those things down uh, in scientific or pseudoscientific ways. Every song it's like, I want, it's gotta be over a hundred songs and every one of them, it's one page of analysis and a one page visual, like a graph oh, or a cool. chart or something. Um, and some of the chapters, I, so many of these were great, uh, and I just picked ones that I hoped people would get the gist of it from the titles. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the chapters is called, Is This the Real Life? Is This Just Fantasy? Oh, my gosh. Uh, there's a Should I Stay or Should I Go? Um, who Run the World? And How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it was a perfect, I you don't have to read it in order. You don't have to read the whole thing. Uh, yeah. It's incredibly browsable and just to kind of like flip through when you're <laughs> bored. Yeah. Um, but man, what a clever, quirky, ridiculous, wonderful little something. That's really cool. I It sounds familiar now that you've described it. And I'm going to look and see if we have it. Because if not, that would be a good addition for us. So I thought it was interesting because we have um, the like the physics of the matrix or right. like the science we have a star of, wars one yes yeah. and or the psychology of the office and like right. all of these books that are kind of set up around that and i thought well, this is kind of the, working in the same vein yeah. where you're just being you're taking something seriously that shouldn't be and yeah. you're doing it tongue-in-cheek yeah uh it was it's very cool what do you have it in the 600 700 um i i would assume it would go in the 700s okay um with the other kind of music specific yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, we don't have that one in either of the libraries yet. I'm, I'm strongly considering it uh, just yeah. because I think if, if it finds the one or two kids that are going to love it, they are going to love it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like <clears throat> a lot of that browsable stuff is easier for them to, I don't know. We just did a bunch of nonfiction book selection lessons and, you know, I don't know. If they're allowed to have something like that, I think they yeah. gravitate to it. A lot of times they're being asked to find something denser, you know, and yeah. usually more narrative. But um, I, yeah, that is where uh, and this is maybe going off the beaten path a little bit. But that's where I, I struggle moving from being an English teacher to being a librarian mm -hmm. is I felt like I especially later on in my English teaching career, I was trying to be better about can you just find something that you're interested in? Can you just read a book mm -hmm. and whatever that is, is great. And mm -hmm. that's the important thing. And we can cover other like deeper things together, or there can be other assignments where you have that. Not every assignment has to be, if you're reading nonfiction, it has to be in cold blood. If you're reading fiction, it has to be um, war and peace. Like right. we can do just, this is fun. This is silly. This is enjoyable to read yeah. as opposed to medicine every right. time. Right. But I struggle with finding the right way to say that to English teachers that I work yeah. with that like, yeah. do you think that they're reading this book that you're forcing them to 
pick one book for the semester mm. and hold it near them every now and then. Mm. But you're not letting them choose what they want to pick. Like you don't like graphic novels, so they can't read those. Mm. You don't like novels in verse. Those don't count. You don't like like then what are they reading? What are right. they? Are you wanting them to read? Or are you wanting them to hold a book or right. have one in their backpack for six months? Right. So right. I don't like that kind of book. That pop science book uh, is a, a just perfect, I think, for yeah. the, for some <laughs> kids who will go, I don't see what I like in other things, but I can spend some time reading this. It's not like you're going to be done with the 200 pages in a day. Right. I think. And one of the things that I mean, I, now we're just really going into the weeds because I just want to talk right. about this, but it's our podcast so we can do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that I struggled with as well, still as in the library and when I was in the classroom is I want a kid to read something they're going to be interested in, but there are always the kids who will never be interested in anything. Yeah. I, it seems, you yes. know, and so like I, I, I struggled with um, finding the right balance between giving choice and being like, well, Hey, at some point in your life, you have to do things you don't want to do. And, oh, absolutely. you know, and so anyway, I'm just kind of thinking through, yeah, like, and that's, that's part of what makes that conversation with the classroom teacher so difficult, I think, yeah. is, you know. Well, and I think I think that's the the hope, though, is if I can, the thing that you have to do is read. Right. I'm forcing you to do a thing that you naturally maybe don't want to do. Yeah. But read anything. Like, right. read something. Right. I'm not going to put a lot of caveats on it. It doesn't have to be at least this many pages. It doesn't have to be about this kind of thing. It doesn't have to be this genre. Pick up something and read it. Yeah. And then maybe the next time you'll go, oh, well, that wasn't so bad. Yeah. But no, I get, yeah, it's it's a it's a whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Um. So can I tell you about two other things I've read recently? Yeah, you have to now. I, I do. Yeah. Um, I, listener feedback. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that we have recently received listener feedback from two loyal listeners. Oh, uh, nice. Yes. The first thing, and this kind of what you were talking about with like the kind of how do you catch the kids with the things that they want and like getting them, even if they, they're they reluctant, uh, comes from former podcast nemesis turned frenemy, mm. Carrie. There can be, yeah. I she knew who it was going to be. Yeah, yeah it's, been, it's been a while. Yeah. And we had mentioned her a couple episodes ago and that piqued her interest. So she yeah. got back in the game. Uh, Carrie checked in to ask if we could add more audiobook content. Um, into our podcast reviews or suggestions or maybe a what are you listening to segment every now and mm. then mm. i think obviously the answer is no we're not <laughs> going to do that but <laughs> uh i maybe maybe that's a thing i don't do a lot of audiobook listening yeah uh but i would be excited to bring on um somebody i know sandy listens to a lot of audiobooks uh, I believe Carrie is asking for this because she listens to a lot of audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we have a, a special guest segment every now and then that we yeah. can have other people come in and let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you are interested in being somebody other than Carrie that gets to do the first <laughs> audiobook segment, send us an email. <laughs> we will. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Uh, the other bit of listener feedback we got was from Superfan Dane. Yes. Uh, who wanted to let us know that our January episode. Did not make him fall asleep mid-run. <laughs> and on top of uh, complimenting us for some great recommendations, he did point out that some of those books that we've talked about applied to some real-life eighth-grade situations. 
which oh. in looking back at our notes from the January episode, I have to assume it had to do with cannibal serial killing, uh, <laughs> but I really hope not. I, I hope that that was not the case. Well, it's eighth grade. Dan. Yeah, I, I mean, tough times. Their bodies are changing. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot. It's of real Lord of the Flies kind yeah. of situation there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So if you have any feedback, suggestions, or praise you'd like to send our way, send us an email to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. Or maybe at some point we'll get a social media account. Who knows? Whoa. Uh, but you'd have wow. to email us to let us know if that's something that you'd like to do. Yeah. So before we can do that, you have to use the email more. We should have started with post only, you know, oh. snail mail only. Yes. Then we could have upped it to email if we knew yes. there was interest. <laughs> we really jumped the gun on this. The, send it to the library media chatter yeah. PO box. <laughs> right. That we will check tri-monthly. Yeah. Yeah. And just see what pops up. Yeah, I'm into it. All right. Well, after that excitement, I'm ready for a break. We'll come back after this quick commercial break. This episode is brought to you by the Dewey Decimal Number 796.357, which means it's time for the game that is always won on a buzzer beater, Do We Know Our Dewey? I'm going to name books with call numbers that start 796.357. You might have changed the copy on that. I don't think they just start that. That's probably the entirety of the call number. And Greg is going to guess what that section is all about. Greg, are you ready? I'm ready. Highlights from this Dewey number include One Shot at Forever, A Small Town, An Unlikely Coach, and A Magical Baseball Season by Chris Ballard. Baseball in St. Louis, from Little Leagues to Major Leagues by Ed Wheatley. Pitch by Pitch, My View of One Unforgettable Game by Bob Gibson with Lonnie Wheeler. And Moneyball, The Art of Winning an Unfair Game by Michael Lewis. Greg, do you think you're gonna strike out on this one or might this be a home run? Listen, I am feeling a lot of pressure to say something witty right here and have like a clever answer. And I am not going to give into it because I can feel it. I can feel that it's going to be I'm I'm going to get the yips if I do. And so <laughs> yeah. see, sports yeah. term. Yeah. Don't throw this one app. into the stands, Greg. You got it. <laughs> All right. Baseball. I'm going to say baseball. I walk a lot of kids over to this section. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Walks happen a lot. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh, according to. The Bridgewater College Library Services website. Yes. Baseball. Yes. Period. That's it. Yes. It's baseball. You did. Yes. I didn't I'm... have to do my phone a friend and get Margaret on the no. phone for this one. <laughs> well, I could tell. I could just hear all of the chatterboxes out there root, root, rooting for you <laughs> to get this one correct. I that. <laughs> Never forget, Greg. Never forget. Thank you, Dewey number 796.357, for sponsoring this episode. All right, Dan. All the chatterboxes, I can't even say it without laughing. All the chatterboxes want to know, what are you doing? Greg, that's a great question. I just want to compliment you on that. You really nailed it. (laughs) The, The easy answer here is something that I probably could have said for what are you doing, uh, every episode this season Mm -hmm. uh more so than previous seasons season i guess we only had the one before this uh we are constantly rearranging and moving things and changing things uh physically in both the libraries that i'm in 
Um, well, that makes sense because what people like about a library is unpredictability. Yes. They like yep. not knowing where they're going to find yes. something. 100% yes. This is, I feel like you're giving the people what they want. That's what we're going for. Uh, how can <laughs> no, tell we us make about it that. harder? For are you moving like whole sections? Like are you moving your whole fiction section? Are you moving genres? What are uh, you doing? So, so the big thing is that we took every book and we turned it the other way so that you couldn't see the spine. <laughs> Uh, which just Genius. made it a real crapshoot for people who find what they're looking for. I anticipate an AASL emerging leader yeah. or something, something for you yeah. based on it's, that. It's uh, it's not dynamic shelving, but it is something. It is. Um, incompatible shelving. Yes. So, in in one of my libraries, we do not have a very like set layout for where things need to go. Okay. Um, or could go. And in one of my libraries, all of the fiction kind of goes along one wall. And then there's a little kind of cutout over like a, we make an L with some shelves out a little bit. And then all the nonfiction's on the other wall. In yeah. the other library, nonfiction has one area and fiction, all the genres are kind of around. So we tend to move things to try to get them more visible mm -hmm. uh, and kind of where things make sense. And uh, because Sandy and I, I think this is proof that we're a good team, uh, we tend to do it on what might feel like a win. Okay. So sitting around and talking about stuff and looking at the collection and kind of seeing what we can see and realizing, you know, this doesn't make sense to have this section of books over here or all yeah. of these. We have one really long uh, double-sided shelf that's real tall, yeah. real long that had uh, general, like, realistic fiction on one side and then four other genres on the other side, just because yeah. of the numbers game. Yeah. And the side that had general was the side that everybody could see. When you walk in the library, you can see all of those. And then if you wanted mystery, horror, sports, or quick picks, the, like, high-low books, yeah, we had to go through a 17-step explanation to, okay, do you see the green ones? Okay, now go on the <laughs> other side of that and then go about a third of the way down. And then, yeah. like, and we have signage up and we have things to try to make it easy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But we were sitting in there the one day and kind of decided, I'm going to say decided, uh, but I, I, as Sandy was saying, it's great that we haven't moved anything in a little while. <laughs> I said, maybe it would make more sense if the, the, realistic that have the green spine labels were all on the other side yeah so that you could see the four and then go yeah do you see those okay just on the other side literally all the realistics over there it'll be yeah. easier to find yeah um and and sandy reluctantly agreed that that made sense and we moved literally every single one of those books wow that afternoon wow um sandy also because that was kind of in conjunction with trying to make clearer signage yeah in four years, we've spent a lot of time like making new signs or putting up arrows and kind of doing things to make it easy to find. Yeah. And Sandy had an idea that she cricketed some kind of like poster size things to hang up. Uh, and it is so much easier to find everything. Cool. Um, in the other library, I'm I'm working with Jess this year and it's a, a new pairing. And we are just trying to figure out what works. So it's a lot of does this furniture make sense here? Where could we move these yeah. tables in a little bit better space? Or how could we better use whatever? And then a week or two ago, the painters, the district painters just kind of came through. Like, what if we painted this wall? 
And they go, great. But what if we also painted that wall? And what we are like, amazing. So they yeah. just came in and now everything looks totally different again. Oh, cool. Um, so it's just that kind of like constant updating, yeah. um, never just feeling like this is what it is and we can't do anything about it. Um, we also lucked into, I, I may have mentioned this in a previous episode, uh, we lucked into a bunch of new furniture in that library. Yeah. Uh, so then it's, okay, well, we weren't planning on this, so how do we make yeah. this stuff work? Because nice. that stuff's expensive, and it I is. don't imagine there are too many librarians that'll tell you that they're just constantly being given money to buy new furniture. Right, <laughs> so right, right. So you have to make do. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah, just um, in the one library bothering my partner with, hey, shouldn't we? And then in the other <laughs> one going, oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's try that. Let's just throw these oh, things over here awesome. and see what happens. That's awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I mean, we have we have done a bit more shifting and movement in ours, but for those who have visited our library, you you know it because you've been in it. It's really got a good logical organization that yes. makes it hard to do major shifts, kind of yep. just the way it's laid out right now. So, yeah, but that's cool. It sounds like you are finding really good ways to use that space and make We're it usable for your patrons. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. All right. It's time for the reader's nook, Greg. All right. We've been waiting for this one for a little while. It took Greg eight months to read this book. <laughs> all, <laughs> all 40 pages all 40 of it. Pages. It, was, it is easily the shortest of the Dogwoods this year yeah. uh, and also has the best visuals of yes. any Dogwood this Agreed. year. Yeah. Uh, this month in the reader's nook, we are looking at the power of style, how fashion and beauty are being used to reclaim cultures by Christian Allaire. So Greg, can you give us a summary yeah, of the uh, book? And I will so I I think of this as a very quick browsable piece on style and especially on marginalized groups and kind of specific style considerations for those groups. Um does that seem fair, right? Yeah, I, I think know. so. I think cuz you're looking at uh I, the author is um a Native American. Yes. And so there's sections on that, on like style and how fashion is kind of used to continue traditions along, even in kind of a modern setting. Um, there's sections on uh, African-American style and um, using hijabs in fashion and things like that. Like the, your, the, the culture part is a major portion of this book. Yeah. And I think so. Excuse me. As you said, great visuals. Um, a, a kid who is interested in the intersection of fashion and culture um, would probably love to pick this up and flip through it and be done in an afternoon, right? Or in yes. a half an hour, even. Um, what? What? It could have been so much more, I think. You know, this book could have been so much more because the way it read to me, and granted, um, you know, I, I'm an adult and I, this isn't really the area that I'm interested in, but it felt to me like this author just picked things that he, as he thought of them. Does that make sense? Yes. It was kind of like, okay, I'm going to, the power of style. So, but it ranges from things like I'm a, sewing traditions, but really just in that section, just Native American and really just ribbon work, yeah. you know? So like a super specific thing to 
kind of all of cosplay, but maybe especially cosplay and body types. You know, it, yes. and then, but also hair, but only for Native American men and Black women. I mean, so it was very hit or miss, right? Yeah. It felt very much like this author had just picked things that he thought of and included them, and then yeah. the book ended. Does that yeah. seem... No, I think yeah. that's fair. I think so. As as you were talking about that, I was thinking about you said this would be something that a a kid who's into fashion and culture could pick up and kind of go through. I think you have some kids that are a little bit into it that would just kind of flip through and go, yeah. "Oh, that was interesting." Yeah, I would bet though that there are some kids who would go into that and go, "Ooh, I bet I could make something that looks like this," or like yeah. if they're into designing, that yeah. they could kind of get something. Uh, a little bit more beyond that. But it is very much a, like, here's the stuff that I like, or here's the stuff that I'm interested in. Yes, that's exactly Um, a good way of putting it. It is not a comprehensive history of fashion and culture, or even a modern look at, like, an umbrella kind of examination of fashion and culture. In some of the ways, I think a lot of the Dogwoods, I was looking at the list again the other day, you're getting histories of things and getting like 30, 40, 50, 60 year right. chunks where right. we're going to tell all of these. And I, I just, I assume the author just wasn't interested in that was I'm going right. to talk about the things that, that I find interesting. Uh, and hopefully you do too, but this is the stuff that stands out to me right now. Yeah, I think that's right. And I, I mean, I guess I was just a little, I, I was not disappointed. I enjoyed flipping through it. Yeah. But the more I kept going, the more I was like, well, that's kind of random. Well, that's kind of random. Why did we switch to that now? Or like, why is that the uh, pullout piece? You know, like, yes, there's like this one moment where like he pulls out Billy Porter. And I mean, Billy Porter's important and right has done has gotten more attention. But it kind of felt like, well, the only (laughs) person from the ballroom scene you can think of is Billy Porter. So like, we're going to include that right now. So I don't I mean, it was just kind of like I. I don't know. I think that was a little dissatisfying. I don't think that's something that kids are going to bring to it. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to be something that a kid looks at this and thinks I don't, I don't believe. I, I, yes, I think like with a lot of nonfiction, I was going to say like this, but there's not like a lot of books. Like no, this one yeah. that I've read. Right. But I think that's an issue I've had with a, a few of these this year. Yeah. Where I'm like, well, this I found this kind of interesting. I didn't know some of this stuff, or here's some things that now I can kind of add to my uh my encyclopedia, but I don't know who's running with it. Like I'm not sure yeah. if it's catching the audience yeah. the the way that maybe we were hoping that it would. Yeah. If you really want something on style and culture, yeah, that you think is gonna that you need a browsable piece, yes, I think it fits the bill for that. That scene, what would you yeah. recommend? Well, kind of one of two things. If you're looking for another book, if you have like a fashion section, I think that's in the 300s Seven. or six. We, I'm trying I to think, think we have these in those. the set. Well, here. okay. No, it is 300s. This is okay. 391. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. The, with the like cultural things. Yeah, yeah. Then it's, it's certainly not a bad addition for that section if that's an area that you're looking to bolster or a thing that gets checked out a lot. Um, and yeah, if you if you have the money for all the dogwoods, I was interested, and we'll talk more about this next episode. It seemed like the types of books, the subject areas mm-hmm. this year with the dogwoods were a little bit broader. Like there were different things that they were touching on. In the ones just announced? 
Um, no, in in this the the one that we were kind of wrapping up with this okay. one being our last okay. one. Yeah. Um, just that I don't know how many books like this exist. Right. For a YA audience, so trying to find something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I yeah. I I read it. It was quick. Yeah. I thought it was interesting enough. Yeah. Agreed. It falls into one of those again. Like maybe I'm not the audience for it. You yeah. can't. This is an audio medium, so you can't tell that I am a fashion icon. Uh, <laughs> every <laughs> recording, yes, yes, <laughs> it's a new outfit every time. Yes, uh, sometimes maybe it's a different hoodie, but potentially a different every time hoodie we record. every time. Yeah. Okay, so next episode we are not going to do a new reader's nook. This is the last one. Oh, uh, for <laughs> the chatterboxes! I can hear them right uh, now. They're going wild. Yeah, but yeah, get excited. Because we will be focused uh, in our next episode on this past section of Dogwoods, this collection of books that we've touched on a handful of, uh, as well as looking forward to the books, as Greg just, uh, just mentioned, that we've had the new announcement of books coming. So we'll be tackling some of those as well. So next month is going to be kind of a nonfiction, um, what was the word, extravaganza. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of nonfiction mm -hmm. coming your way but no homework for you to keep up with us. Uh, we're going to try to do better about that, about letting you know what we're reading so you can play along at home That's right. uh, as we're going. But if you have thoughts on this book, uh, or if you know other fashion books that you thought might work better in your library or our libraries, please send those our way to librarymediachatter at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you on those things. We're going to take a quick break and be back to wrap things up. This episode of Library Media Chatter is brought to you by The Library is Closed for Testing. <laughs> we sent emails, we made announcements, you had to break the door off of the hinges and you slew the Minotaur in order to even get in here to disturb the students who had nowhere else to go to take their test. But I understand, you wanted to yell a question at us that should have been an email. I get it, but the library is closed for testing. All right, Chatterboxes, welcome back to the podcast. We have just enough time for What's Next, where we highlight a new book we are excited about but have not yet read. So, Dan, what is next? I am super excited to read In the Wild Light by Jeff Zentner. Yeah. Uh, it is one of the Gateway nominees, and I loved the only other one of his books that I've read because I'm terrible and i didn't go back and read any of his other ones uh, but i loved goodbye days okay i i don't know why that book hit me so hard and so i just i loved it oh cool um so when i saw that this one was on the short list and then it got it was officially on the nominee list um it, it moved right to the top of my pile um i have not gotten to it yet but yeah probably by the next episode i will have read it because it is like i said it's right up there um, I don't know. I'm, I'm very hopeful yeah. that, uh, like that other one, I can't imagine it's anything like that book because that okay. was such an interesting, uh, unique story, but, uh, just hopeful that he's another author that I can kind of add to that list of, man, this guy's good. <laughs> he yeah, knows yeah. what he's doing and I, I yeah. enjoy what he does. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. With that, remember, read responsibly, use a bookmark.